Good morning to everyone. Glad that you are here with us today. Let's start our time here with prayer, and then we'll sing a hymn together, and then we'll get started. So let's let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for uh, your truth, your word, your gospel, for you, for Christ, for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the grace that you have shown to us, your people. And uh, we ask now today that you would enable us, that you would strengthen us here today as we talk about uh, this, this topic of uh, the critical theories and critical race theory and how it fits with uh, your word. And if it does, and we pray, Lord, that we could learn many things, we pray for uh, you to work here today in all the logistics and practical things, and that you would work in our hearts to to give us a, a love for your, your word and your truth, and that we would stand firmly on the truth, your truth. We pray, Lord, that you would be uh, honored and glorified in it, and uh, we pray uh, all these things through the merits of Christ and uh, for the expansion and extension of your kingdom. We pray uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we begin here... Uh, today, I uh, was showing you some uh, slides as you were coming in, and I'll put those up again uh, during our uh, break times and over lunch so you can uh, see some of those things, a little bit of background about the speakers and some readings and things that you can watch and listen to that uh, will help you in this process of trying to understand what in the world is going on, you might say, and what's, what is being taught here in regard to the critical theories. And so, um, welcome here today. Welcome to those of you who can't come in person. Glad to see you. Um, welcome to those who are joining us via the live stream, and uh, glad that you are joining with us here as well. And then I've had a number of people say, I wish I could come, I wish I could watch it today, but I've got this, that, or the other. And so it's this being recorded as well, and uh, will be uh, posted as a recording for, uh, for those later. So for those of you watching later, <laughs> thank you that you have uh, joined us here in this way. Um, and uh, would also invite those of you, especially online, uh, if you're able and willing, uh, to give a donation to help defray the expenses here at the conference. Uh, you'll see there on the website that there is a place for giving. And I uh, would appreciate uh, your doing that. Um, so welcome also to our speakers. Um, Pastor Jesse and uh, his wife Barbara are here with us from the Bay Area in California. Um, you're really going to enjoy listening to him. Um, I've really appreciated getting to know you over the last few months, uh, virtually, but uh, getting to know you in that way. Um, I know it's going to be a great blessing. And same, Scott Allen is here with us. He's from the Phoenix area. And um, um, just the way he presents things in his book is just so um, concise and easy to follow, easy to understand. And um, I think he's going to be a great blessing for us here today uh, as well. And, um, um, and of course, I'm Pastor Scott Fleming. I think everybody here knows that, but those online uh, may not know. Uh, and I've been the pastor here at Rocky Springs Church for 20 years now, and I've grown up here in the Grove City area. Uh, this is home for me. 
And um, so we're glad that we can do this. We've had a number of people uh, come to us, meaning my wife and I especially, but even uh, those of us here at the church, uh, asking questions, expressing concerns. What, what is this? You know, a lot of it, of course, happened with the Black Lives Matter um, movement after George Floyd was murdered, and just a lot of questions, a lot of confusion. And so through all of that, um, we decided to do this, and we hope that it will be very helpful for you. I know it's been very helpful for me in the process of uh, preparing for this, and uh, we hope to communicate that to you. Now, I'm going to start by sharing a few things here with us, and then I'll turn it over to Scott Allen for the rest of our opening session. And I want to begin with this question, where are you? And I don't mean geographically. (laughs) Where are you on the issue of the critical theories? Some of you likely have some understanding. You've done some reading and research. You have some understanding as to what this is. Um, Some of you then are opposed to this because of it. But others of you maybe have accepted some of the teachings of the critical theories. Some of you maybe a lot of them. Some of you maybe just in some ways. But at least in my experience in talking with people, most people are confused. They have some understanding, but lots of questions. What in the world is this? How does it fit together? And... uh, some of you may think that this you know, doesn't really apply to me. I've run into that. I've even run into people who've never heard of critical race theory. And here in Western PA, we're kind of in a little bit of a bubble, and, and it doesn't impact us in some ways, but it does in others. Uh, others have said, oh, that's just political. I don't want to talk about it. This has nothing to do with the church. Well, it does affect politics, but it's much more than that. Uh, Some will say it's not related to the church, but I hope by the end of our day you'll see that it is impacting the church in very important ways, and we need to understand how and to uh, stand on the truth. So we've entitled this, uh, CRT, is it critical or corrupting? Now, the term critical, uh, as used by the critical theorists in critical race theory, What they mean simply is to criticize, to deconstruct. That's the whole purpose of the critical theories of the postmodern or applied postmodernism. We need to criticize everything and change it. Now, I've played on that idea with my my title here, Is It Critical or Corrupting? And what I mean is, is it critical for us to understand? And the answer is yes. It is critical for us to understand because this is impacting the church in so many ways. Um, Is it critical for us to accept? Is it corrupting if we accept it? Hopefully by the end of the day, we can have answered that question to some degree. Now, as we were planning for this, we basically went through a, a variety of options, things that we could have done. We could have established a format here where we debated and we had people from different perspectives and, and so forth. And that could have been beneficial. We chose not to do it that way. We could have invited other speakers, and we did. Um, as, as I'm sure you know from the website and so forth, that John Harris was planning to join with us here today, but he had a death in the family and could not come. 
Uh, we also reached out to some others. We reached out to Neil Shenvey. Uh, we reached out to Owen Strachan. We reached out to the Just Thinking podcast guys, Daryl and Virgil. Uh, we reached out to Vody Bauckham. Uh, we reached out to Kevin DeYoung. And um, I might have forgotten one. But anyway, some of them could not come based on their schedule. And some of them wanted to come, but uh, it didn't fit in our budget. So, um, so here we are. <laughs> uh, we could have also reached out to some non-Protestants. We have, of course, Protestants here speaking. And there are some in the Catholic Church that are writing and speaking about these things. And they could have been beneficial. We could have reached out to some women. And in fact, you can hear both a Catholic and a woman at Grove City College on Tuesday night. They're going to have a seminar about it. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be very good. Um, we could have had experts on each of the critical theories. Uh, we could have even had non-Christians who are writing about these things. And uh, especially... Uh, there's one, and I have it on my, my uh, slide, uh, from uh, Miss Pluckrose, and uh, why am I forgetting the guy's name? James yes, James Lindsay. Yes, he, they are non-Christians writing about this very helpful book called Cynical Theories. And um, so we could have done that, and I think it would have been beneficial. But we decided to focus on those who are of like mind and... Um, Try, just basically start here, because what we're doing is basically scratching the surface. We, we can't cover everything. There is so much to cover, because this is a worldview, and it's comprehensive. There are global implications of these things, certainly political. Um, I'm sure you've heard about teaching CRT in the schools or something like that. Some of you have been affected by this at your work. Um, especially the diversity, equity, and inclusion things. Uh, it's certainly affecting our society. It's affecting the church. Families are debating this. It's affecting us as individuals. And I would say every one of us, the question is, are you aware of how it is affecting you? So our goal here is to be educational, to try to help us to understand. Our goal is not to be divisive, but when you compare truth with error, it does cause division, but our hope is not to be divisive in our attitude and our approach. Um, we're wanting to, to grow in our discernment of these things and use, of course, the scriptures as that lens, those glasses, the spectacles to understand these things. Um, also, I, I've very, been very intentional about having an ecumenical effort here. Uh, Pastor Jesse and Scott, even John Harris and myself, we come from different denominations. Even the places we looked at to host this, the venues, were different denominations. And we, we did that deliberately because this is far more than an issue in the PCA, of which I'm a part. This is far more than the Reform community in Napark. This is impacting every denomination in one way or another. And so we were very deliberate about... Uh, uh, bringing in speakers who have some different opinions. I'm sure we would disagree on a variety of things theologically, but that's okay. The critical theories want us to be divided, but we need to gather together. We need to come together as a church and unite on, on uh, the, the basics, if you will, the important things here as a church and, um, and address um, this this enemy, you might say. 
And so uh, a brief word in that way. Now, some of you are aware that we've experienced some of the cancel culture in preparation for this. Um, We are here rather than at another venue because of it. And our numbers are what they are because of it. Um, Right from the beginning, when we first started promoting this and the first person signed up, um, PayPal canceled us. And so as you probably noticed, for those of you who signed up ahead of time, that there was a fee added to the, the basic fee for the conference. And uh, I wish that weren't the case, but we added a, a dollar a five or whatever it was to the registration fee because of the, the company we used. But at least they didn't cancel us. Um, and uh, especially for the churches that initially said, yes, you can meet in our venue, and then they said no. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there. And I understand that, and I'm not going to blame. There's a lot of fear out there. There's some people that didn't want to touch this because they're afraid of being canceled. I understand that. But then there are also some who didn't want to take sides. That I don't understand, because we have to take a side. Either now or at some point it will be forced upon us. And it's better to do it now as we think clearly about these things. Now, one last thing here in this way. Um, Some people have asked me, are you doing this because of what's going on at Grove City College? And for those of you who may not know, uh, the the, uh, college has been debating these things, especially over the last uh, year or two, but it's gone back further than that. And there are some aspects of things that are happening at the college. Some professors have been advocating for the critical theories um, some things in chapel, and so on and so forth. And so then there are others who are saying, wait, wait, th- this isn't right, this isn't good. And so there's been this back and forth, and there have been people on both sides, even people that you'd think would be of like mind. So the answer to the question, are we doing this because of the college, in one sense, the answer is no, because what's happening at the college is just a drop in the bucket. As I said earlier, this is a global issue. It's far more than what's going on at the college. At the same time, though, what's happening at Grove City College is a case study of what's happening in many churches and other uh, Christian colleges. My son, as many of you know, goes to Wheaton College, and they're much farther down the path than Grove City College is on these issues of woke teaching and so forth. So with that in mind... Uh, as kind of some background, I'd like to now uh, segue into our first session. And uh, I'm hopeful here today that some of the things that I say, some of the things that Scott Allen says and Pastor Jesse says, that uh, the, the combination of thoughts will be helpful for you. Maybe I'll say something in a way that really helps you, and then maybe Scott will say something that really helps you and, and so forth even if we're saying the same kinds of things. So as I begin here, I'd like for us to have a broad perspective. We've entitled this Critical Race Theory, but that's just one aspect of the critical theories. Now, some people will use the term critical race theory and they mean this narrow idea of race and racism and so forth, but sometimes the term critical race theory applies to all the critical theories. So you have to pay attention on what they mean by that. So here, as we 
look at the critical theories, I have listed for you the common categories uh, for the different critical theories. Some will put some of these together, some will subdivide them even more than this, but this is a common uh, way it is looked at. So let's just briefly review each one. Post-colonialism. Now, when we think of colonialism, of course, as Americans, we think of the British, we think of the war 250 years ago and so forth. Obviously, there, there are colonies by Britain and Spain and Portugal and France and stuff all over the world. And there are some good things about colonialism. There also were some bad things. We went to war over those bad things. Um, but when we're talking about colonialism in the context of critical theory, especially here in the last 30 to 50 years, but you can go back even farther than that. The approach here is not, well, this was bad about it, but we now need to completely destroy the Western culture. We can't accept any of it. Now, some ways that we see this in everyday kinds of situations is, well, we can't celebrate Columbus Day anymore. We've got to tear down the statues of Christopher Columbus. He was a bad guy. Or we can't even celebrate Thanksgiving because the settlers and how they treated the indigenous peoples. Of course, they always focus about on Jamestown and not up uh, in New England because Jamestown did have some things that weren't so good. Um, we talk about reparations to the American Indians. Or we've got to change the names of our sports teams. So you can't call Washington the Redskins anymore or Cleveland the Indians. The 1619 Project is part of this though some will want to put that in another category. But I'm sure you've probably heard of all the things I just mentioned. That's part of post-colonialism, which is part of this broader teaching of postmodernism, applied postmodernism here for the critical theories. Now, another category here is gender theory. Feminism has been a part of our culture here in America for well over 100 years. And there have been some good things that have come out of feminism. But especially in the last 30 years, feminism has been usurped by gender theory. And now it's not about women and trying to have benefits for women or something, equality and so on compared to men. Now it's about gender being a social construct. In fact, women are being stepped on in favor of this gender theory. So some everyday examples that I'm sure you've all heard of. When Justice Brown Jackson went through the, the process before the Senate, remember, she could not define what a woman was. It's not that she couldn't. She chose not to. But that is a clear indication that she believes in postmodernism and the critical theories. She's not the only one on the court, but clearly she is... Uh, one who holds to these things. Drag Queen Story Hour for Children. We've heard about this over and over again, especially what Governor DeSantis was trying to do in Florida and so on. Uh, transgender athletics, especially here in Pennsylvania. We've heard a lot about that with the swimmer out, uh, out east. Uh, the LBGTQIA+, see all these letters. All of this is part of gender theory. Okay, now... The next one is queer theory, and some people want to put this as its own category. Some just kind of spread it across all the different positions. Um, I think it's helpful for us to distinguish it because it's probably the most critical of all the theories. 
Because everything must be deconstructed. Everything must be criticized. Everything must be rethought. And I'm not overstating that. Science, reason, law, history, language, religion, politics, you name it, all of it must be broken down and redone, rethought according to this postmodern view. And so a term that they like to use is binary. And so, right, these two things. All binaries must be removed. You can't have good and evil, right and wrong, okay, truth and error. Okay? You can't have that, left and right. You can't have Steelers and Browns. You can't have any binary. Everything must be subdivided. And what that leads to is a whole bunch of contradictions. But that's what they want. It's not a, a, a negative byproduct of their view. They want contradiction. Read them. I, I'm not just saying this. So, for example, in regard to gender theory, there's not male and female anymore. Last I heard, there are 72 different genders. I don't know how you get there, but they do. They have, they have criticized it to such a point, there are 72 of them. We, of course, are in the middle of an election season, and pretty much every politician does it. They say one thing now during election season, and then a few months later after elected, they say and do something totally different. We hear this in the media and so forth. It's just doublespeak everywhere. But they're doing it on purpose. Okay? It's not just because one is left and right. And in fact, that binary is not a true binary. Okay? The aisle in Washington or Harrisburg or wherever is not Republican and Democrat. The aisle is actually true conservative and progressivism. And so we, we, we can't just get on the bandwagon of thinking, well, Republicans are good and Democrats are bad or vice versa. That it's actually the wrong division. But anyway, I digress a bit. Now, even the, the issue of withdrawal from Afghanistan is an, a, an example of queer theory. It's, a, it's not something that Biden did because he didn't know what he was doing. They did it deliberately because now... Right? You apply the queer theory. You deconstruct this idea that the West is better than everybody else. Okay? And, and so on. So I'm not going to get into all the details, but just to, to point out a few things. All right, now for critical race theory, this is more of what we're going to address here today. And I list a number of things that we hear about uh, on a ra rather regular basis. The thing that we maybe hear more than anything currently is that all MAGA are white supremacists and they're out to destroy the country. You hear this over and over again on the, from the politicians. So we'll address some of these things as we go through the, the day. The other category is intersectionality. Again, some people will want to combine this with something else. Some will subdivide it here like I have done here. Um, this is, if you will, Marxism and Neo-Marxism 101. This is socialism, okay, in its most basic form. The group is more important than the individual. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It only matters who you are in relation to the various groups you're a part of. And in particular with the critical theories, the more oppressed groups you're a part of, the more value you have as an individual. So, for example, if you are a black woman who is a lesbian, 
you have more value than just a black woman who is straight. And she has more value than a black man. And of course, someone like myself, a white Christian man, I have no value at all in their theory. Okay? And basically, most everybody here in the room. Okay? We have no value because we're not part of the oppressed group. We're part of the oppressor group. Another aspect of all this is standpoint epistemology. This is the idea that um, reality is based on me, my experience. And so there's not this universal truth of good and evil, right and wrong. Hey, what matters is what I've experienced. And another way I think might be helpful for us to think about it is um, you often hear even uh, in the critical race theory proponents, they'll, they'll talk about Martin Luther King Jr. And, in positive ways, at least in public. <laughs> but they actually have completely rejected the teachings of Martin Luther King Jr. When he said in I, the I Have a Dream speech, he said, right, I want to be known not for the color of my skin, but the content of my character. This, this, we agree with that. We, we're, yeah, that's good. But the critical theorists have that, turned that completely on its head. The color of your skin is important. But part of the group, what, uh, what group you're a part of is important, this external for- focus. Then the last category here, again, just by way of overview, is uh, what some call the support group studies. You have some different names, the disability studies, fat studies, and so forth. This is the idea that those who have mental disabilities or emotional or physical uh, obesity, disease, and so on, they are oppressed by those who are normal. Now, this is not, okay, we need to have wheelchair access for everyone. This is going the, the next step where we are deconstructing things. And now, again, if you're part of this group, you have value. If you're not part of this group, you're the oppressor. All right. Well, what we have is a woke worldview. Now, some of you may be familiar with the term woke. It comes from the word awake. And it's kind of a cool or slang way of saying awake. If you are part of the critical theories, you are awake. You have knowledge. You have a higher knowledge. You see, it's a kind of Gnosticism. Okay? So if you are woke, you're part of the Gnostic community. And notice all the things that I have listed here. Every one of these things is part of the critical theory. Black Lives Matter, Drag Queen Story Hour, Southern Border, COVID Protocols, Flag Burning, on and on and on, right? Let me give you another page of them. January 6th, the insurrection, hate speech, no bail policies, anthem kneeling, transgender sports, and, uh, and so on and so forth. Every one of these things is an outworking of applied postmodernism, of the critical theories. Okay? Now, what I want you to understand is not only that this is true, but I also want you to think it in this way. If you are against, see the one over there, uh, uh, abortion and eugenics, and you are so excited about the decision with Dobbs and the Supreme Court, and so if, if, if that's uh, something you're very thankful for, good. But if you are um, 
Um, take, pick one other thing here on the list. If you're for the issue of no abortion, but you're against the issue of, say, anthem kneeling, or vice versa, switch it around. If you thought the Mueller probe and Russia collusion was a good thing, but you're against revisionist history, you're, you're actually being inconsistent. The woke worldview actually holds together quite well. And the more we see how it all fits together, the more we have to recognize it's a totally different way of looking at things. And we need to, uh, we need to make those distinctions. So here in my, my third slide, in this context, I give you just the, the categories. Right? Same of what I just said in the first two, but instead of specific things, here it's now more of the categories. It's a worldview. It isn't just something small like, you know, how we respond to George Floyd or how we respond to microaggressions at work. It's much more than that. Okay. <clears throat> well, we can't cover everything. Um, we will do some more of this broad view, but we'll also do some more specific things as we go through the day, and especially the critical race theory and how we as a church should understand it and respond to it. Okay. <clears throat> now let me end with this thought. Um, I received an email here, I don't know, a week ago or something like that, that basically said that we are being racist because we are talking about critical race theory. And I just shake my head and I'm like, well, obviously they don't really understand what's going on. You know, pray for the person, hope they come to a better understanding. There are some legitimate problems in our culture, and the critical theorists have pointed some of those out, helpfully. There are many problems they point out that we would not agree with, but some of them, we would agree with the problems they've pointed out, such as racism and structural racism and oppression. There are some of those things that exist now and have existed in our culture. The biggest difference is we disagree with the solution to the problem. We disagree with some of the problems, but we disagree mostly on the solution to the problems. And we're going to try to show you some of that here today. So I've kind of gotten us started, and um, uh, Scott Allen now is going to come and basically go uh, the next step on these things and giving us more of a background as to how did we get here. This didn't just show up in the last few years. This has been in the works for well over a century, actually. And so we've come here today uh, after many decades of people trying to, to push us in this direction. So he's going to help us to, to see some of that uh, here in the rest of this first session. So, Scott, welcome. If you would start with a little background about yourself and, uh, and then lead us some more here um, in this first session.